Welcome, everyone, to the second season of Onward, a podcast of the Pike School Advancement Office. I'm Elizabeth Fitzsimons. And I'm Rod Boyer. And we're very glad you're here with us. We're back, Elizabeth. We sure are, and it's going to be fun. You know, I'm really glad that the network decided to renew us for another season. I have to say, it was so gratifying to get the call from the network bigwigs. I don't know about any network, but it is good to be back. And we've got a great series of shows lined up for season two. We have themed each of these episodes around Pike's motto, non sibi solum, not for oneself alone. The motto is a play so many different ways at Pike, Elizabeth, and we had a good time talking to a wide range of folks about it. So true. We talked to students, teachers, some alums, our head of school, and more to get their take on non sibi solum at work. But in this episode, we're going to be focusing on Pike students. Exactly. You spoke with some of our upper school students about the ways they give back to their community. I did. I spoke to Yejin and Camille, both of whom are eighth graders here at Pike. And they're just two examples uh, from among our students. Uh, I heard from our teachers many stories of students doing this kind of thing on their own time and, and without fanfare. Love it. Let's listen. Great. So let's let's just dive in. Um, so I'd love for each of you to briefly introduce yourself. Um, your, your sort of your first name, maybe when you came to Pike and um, or how long you've been a Pike student, and then maybe some of your favorite activities or aspects about being at Pike. So my name is Yejin. I'm in eighth grade and I've been at Pike for three years. I like Pike because of its community and the supportive peers and teachers. I'm Camille. I've been at Pike for fourth years. I'm in eighth grade. My favorite thing about Pike is the community and the teachers. I feel like everyone's very welcoming and understanding. Love to hear a little bit about some of the volunteer activities that you're involved in outside of Pike um, and what that might be and, and just um, maybe hit the highlights or the thing that means the most to you. So I volunteered at the Andover Library and Andover Senior Center. And then more recently, I've been a part of the Harvard Homeless Mission. Basically, we make bags filled with meals and things they might need, such as gloves or hats. And then we go around to homeless people and pass out the bags. Um, so I've volunteered at senior centers and gone um, with a group of people and made care packages for the homeless in Boston and given them out. And more recently, something that I've done very consistently is giving like a day out of my week to go help um, give distribute food to the people that need it in towns all over Massachusetts. How did you decide to get involved in volunteering? You know, sort of how did you learn about the opportunity um, that were the opportunities that were out there? Yeah, Jen, do you want to start? So I started volunteering because mostly my mom 
told me to like start giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. So I also heard from friends and people that I know some of the opportunities that there were. So we found a lot of them online or, yeah. Um, I also learned from my mom actually, because she has like her own little like nonprofit where she helps um, collect like donations and also sends money and supplies to kids in Cuba and because we're Cuban. So it's really important to her because she feels like really grateful that we're here and we're really privileged. So we want to like give back. So she's been a big influence on me and like how she's been able to do that. I want to also like somehow help when you when you got started, uh, and again, we'll we'll start with you, Camille, this time. Uh, when you got started, what were you kind of hoping for by volunteering? Um, I was just um, I feel like I've been very lucky, and I've gotten all these like amazing like blessings and gifts. So I was just really hoping that um, everyone else could also like feel that as well. It's mm-hmm. like if it's being shared to me, I want to like share it with everyone else, so everyone's feeling also this happiness. Oh, I agree with Camille. I also think that the smallest acts or like the smallest things that you do can really make a change in someone else's life and volunteering kind of helps you do that. I'm curious if you've, if, if you've learned anything by doing this. So maybe picking one of the activities that you've been involved in and kind of what, what did you learn from it, um, either about the world around you or maybe about yourself um, or your community? I'm just, I'm just curious. Camille? Um, I feel like something that I've learned overall is that it's really easy to help. It's not something that has to be like super scary. Like only adults can do it with like money and a car. Like it's so accessible and it's like, it's so easy to do as well. Like the smallest little thing makes a huge impact on the other people in the community. And they're most grateful about that small thing than a huge like act. Yeah, I agree. I think there's also a lot of different ways to volunteer you can use any of your hobbies. Like if you really like art, you can make cards. If you really like cooking, you can bake something. There's so many ways to help people. Do you feel like you've changed having done this? Or changed aspects of yourself or ways of your ways of thinking? Um, it's made me more like grateful and it keeps me like grounded. Like I feel like sometimes I'm always thinking about like my own personal needs and like I'm not aware of like other people and like the small thing that I'm worrying about is really like irrelevant. And um, when I just take like a step back, I can see that there's way bigger things that I could be focusing like my time on. And when I do, it makes such a good like thing out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I also learned that I'm not only like myself, but I'm also always part of a community and a community is filled with people who should connect and help each other. Um, so as you both know, Pike's motto is non be solum. I'm curious what that motto means to you. Um, and how do you see yourself or your peers engaging in that motto? And I think I'm specifically thinking about at school. So at school, I think I see it a lot within peers. I know that a lot of my friends, if I miss a class or if I'm struggling with a certain math concept, I know that they'll help explain it and you'll also do the same so there's always that support there um yeah i I agree a lot with that like um when you like least expect it there's always like at pike there's always someone that's like actually like watching and that's there for you and that is there for you and it's like everyone's like stronger together like when you're alone you're just like you can only do what you can do but when everyone's working together then like the possibilities are like endless 
So what would you say to your peers um, if they're thinking about volunteering or curious about it or want to get involved? Um, for me, I feel like a lot of like self like love and like gratitude because I feel like I actually am like using like I'm serving like a purpose in my community. I'm not mm. just like in it and like no one's working together. Like I'm actively trying to like do something and it just makes me feel like a lot more like special. Like I'm actually like doing something that's like great and I don't know, it makes me feel like purposeful. Yeah, I think there's always something good that's going to come out of it. There's nothing that could go wrong usually. I mean, it makes other people happy, but you also get happiness back and you can contribute in so many ways and it's just really enjoyable, so. Great. Curious if, if either of you have a story that you can remember where you did something in the, in the process of volunteering and um, met someone who really just so appreciated it or um, really felt grateful for what you did. And if you'd be willing to tell that story. Um, so one time I was in around Christmas time, we always go to Boston to Eric's other four to give out like care packages to the homeless. Yeah. And um it was such a coincidence that um the man that I had just met, I gave him the care package and it was like the last care package and my bag was my backpack was empty. And then his backpack was like all ripped up and broken. And then I gave it to him. He was like, oh my gosh, this is such like a blessing. Like I had no idea I would get a backpack today. I just broken mine yesterday. And it was such like a touching thing for me. Like I can't forget it. It was so like, it was like fate that I was there and then he also needed it. And it just worked out so perfectly. Those moments just make me like realize like how amazing life can be and how awesome it is to be able to do this. Yeah, I agree. I also think that because of COVID, it's been hard to mm -hmm. actually be there. Yeah. But once you actually get to see the people that you help, seeing just the gratefulness and the joy in their faces is honestly like enough. Thank you so much. This was this is really great. And I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know you've got busy schedules and, but I, I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, being a part of this. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure, of course. fascinating interview, Rod. I really appreciated hearing their voices and the ways that they are engaging in the world. Yeah, it, it, it was clear that they're both enjoying the work that they're doing, but also realizing how powerful it can be. And I liked how they were encouraging of their peers to engage in service as well. I agree. I think that they have learned that it isn't as hard as they may have thought to have an impact and that there are so many opportunities out there to do just that. So what's next on this first episode of season two? Oh, I love this. Well, your interview with our upper school students was a great start to exploring non-city Solom at Pike. I wanted to see what it not for oneself alone looks like for our younger students. Uh, yeah, and so I understand you sat down with one of our lower school teachers to get some perspective. I did. I met with Jess Howie, one of our fabulous second grade teachers, and really had a chance to explore how the lower school team incorporates Pike's motto into the very fabric of their teaching. 
I imagine it involves um, students helping each other in the classroom and beyond. It does, but it's really, it's so much more. My conversation with Jessica about how they do this was really a revelation. All right then, let's listen. Introduce yourself, Jess. Um, hello, my name is Jessica Howie. I am a second grade teacher at Pike and I have taught at Pike for almost seven years now. And have you always been in second grade? I've always been in second grade. Previously taught first in a di different district where I was working, but second grade for my entirety of time at Pike. So we're going to chat about non Solum. We got thinking back before you even came to Pike, mm -hmm. was Pike's motto or anything about non Solum? Something that you were aware of before you got to Pike. When you came here, were you expecting this to be part of what you did? What I absolutely love about Pike is that from the very beginning, they prescribed times in the schedule to strictly talk about open circle and open circle being the social emotional curriculum at Pike and had like laid in lessons around non-sibi solum to make sure that there were prescribed times throughout the week that students were getting lessons around that. And the lessons could entail, if something was coming up at recess that was non-Sibi Solum related, there would be opportunities for students to role play. What happened? How could you do a better job of that? There were curriculum and um, related texts that students were reading or I was doing for a read aloud that had a variety of topics around acting for once, you know, not acting for oneself alone, advocating for other people. And that's what drew me to Pike immediately because I had never seen a school sort of put aside time strictly for self-reflection in a way that Pike had. And it was evident in working with students that that was a priority, not only for folks who work at Pike, but also for Pike families and Pike students. That self-reflection piece is a really interesting piece, right? Because because that is a really important part mm -hmm. of being able to give back, is being able to sort of think of yourself and where you fit. Absolutely. And what, what's nice about the lower school in particular, because that's sort of my frame of reference, is the, the non-Sibi Sola mission, it was sort of broken down into four, like, echelons, if you will. And so every, every grade in the lower school is responsible for a particular piece of non-Sibi Sola. And second grade is responsible for acting out of respect and helpfulness. And what has been really special to see is at community meetings, we have highlighted each of those grades' responsibilities in some fashion. So what that will look like is, in the past, second grade has done sort of mini workshops with students, which has been really fun to watch, where they're modeling, if you're having a conflict at recess, what's a way that you can redirect conflict? What's, when is it appropriate to find an adult? When is it appropriate to get another student to sort of help you figure that out? So by, by sort of shifting direction from adults at Pike to students taking ownership over the mission statement, I think it's made a lasting impact. I don't, I don't think that there's a student that you would encounter at Pike who couldn't tell you some fashion of non-Sibi Solon that they themselves feel responsible for. Are there any um, specific examples of students really living that motto that you, that you sort of think about, that yeah, you would absolutely. like to share? It was, so in shifting away from COVID, we've had so many lunch changes. Oh my <laughs> and, gosh, and students yes. have been so unbelievably flexible. We had made a shift recently, this was a couple months ago, and it was just chaotic and people were trying to figure out seats and, and figure out where people were sitting and we were finally getting into a groove and I saw a student get up unprompted and go to Mr. Supernat and say, I think that you make the best macaroni and cheese. 
And it was so lovely to see. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't teacher prompted. There wasn't it was a student in second grade. We hadn't had an SEL lesson that day. He just felt compelled to tell Mark that he loved his macaroni and cheese. And it was so nice. I mean, Mark's face lit up and you could tell the student felt good about being able to give him a compliment. But it's that's really special. You don't see it in my experience in teaching, which is about 10 years now, you don't see that in any just any school it really it comes from the bottom up which is why when we talk about it in lower school it's so important because if they can get it at an early age which they they absolutely can the possibilities of of who they're going to be when they get older are endless it was so special well um i agree that it comes from the bottom up it also comes from having really good mac and cheese i am in agreement (laughs) that chef mark's mac and cheese is outstanding it is my class favorite But, you know, that's interesting, right? Because you said um, what we're doing now has such a big impact. And that reminds me of something that you said earlier, which is this idea of having kids think really critically about how they act when no one's watching. Mm -hmm. And as a parent helping a, a teenager navigate social media, that idea of how do you act when no one is watching mm-hmm. becomes so important as kids move into a digital world yeah. where you can be an anonymous person behind a screen and you can say things on your computer that you might not say to another person. You might act dif- you can act differently online because no one can see you. Mm-hmm. And I think what the nice connection there is we're so fortunate to have Tim Stonecipher push in for 30 minutes every couple weeks in each classroom and he highlights those very concepts so he talks a lot about not specifically for second grade because I think they're sort of beyond the the idea of being on social media just yet but he does talk about you're going to reach an age where you're going to be using a lot of technology and sort of hand in hand with technology is anonymity 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 anonymous anonymous behavior and it's hard because I don't think that that it's just it's new in the educational world having to talk about things like this but I think he because he's able to push in he sets the groundwork for that idea of like what you're doing when no one's watching and I think having the time that we have in classrooms we talk a lot about accountability for yourself and respect for yourself, which I think is the hardest concept in non civi solum. You know, you're, it's not for oneself alone, but it's also for you. What you're mm. doing is for your own self. And what that means is that you're taking care of your body, you're taking care of the words that you say, you're taking care of the spaces around you. And it's that's a really hard concept, but I think what happens is because there's this camaraderie from the very beginning of school in your classroom being a safe space with peers that you know care about you, I think that they can start to understand what it means to respect yourself. Because they they certainly have the concept of respecting others, knowing that their actions have consequences. I don't think it's so much till second grade that they understand, oh, I'm, I'm picking up that piece of trash on the floor because I care about the way that my school looks. And when there's a one minute period where I'm waiting for an adult to get back to my classroom from a meeting, I'm going to sit in my seat and just wait because I want to show myself that I can do what I need to do to set an example for other people. And I think that that's really special. I know that's something that I, it took me as an adult a really long time to understand what respect for myself looks like, but they get it. And with practice, it's, it's, it's empowering that they're doing it in a classroom model because at once one person is on board, 
everybody's on board, especially when peer modeling can take place because they, their words and actions hold so much more weight than sort of my voice teaching. It makes more sense when students are really putting in the work and showing other kids what they can do. Have you, um, do you feel like you hear about how these concepts are impacting students at home? Mm-hmm. I think it's, it, now it's funny because we talk a lot about this um, sort of at conference time and other things. I think what happens is students, the demand of students in this day and age is so much greater than it was pre-COVID. And what I mean by that is they have to sort of pull it all together and make changes to the way that they were learning in order to operate in a classroom that they don't have to do at home. And so a lot of feedback is that just a lot of fatigue, um, rightfully so, because they're having to retain and understand so many changes. Protocols have changed so numerous times, and that's really difficult on students. But what's really interesting is when we talk about the, the family partnership that we have here at Pike, it's, I mean, I've never felt more supported in a job in my entire life. It, it was really unbelievable in these last two years, not specifically in my whole seven years, but especially in these two years of need, families emailing just saying, what can I do to help? Is there something that I can do? I'm noticing this at home from the student. I want to make sure it's it's not happening in the classroom. And if it is, I would love to brainstorm with you how to, how to figure out maybe best solutions. That was brand new to me and really unexpected. And I will forever be grateful for the, the people that just checked in um, and are still checking in to this year because I think it's knowledge is power. And so the more I can understand about what's happening at home, if there's sort of code switching where they're turning a certain behavior on here, off at home, there's certainly reasons for it. They've been through so much in the last two years. And it's it, it, when they say family school partnership, it's genuine and it's true because that's how I've always felt unbelievably supported at Pike, especially in these last two years. Yeah, I think uh, I think I would say the same. I think we've really seen a lot of non-Sibi Solom spirit from our larger Pike community who mm-hmm. might not even know that that they're doing it, right? Like mm-hmm. they wouldn't necessarily look at the way that they behave and think, oh, that's really non-sibby, <laughs> like we would. <laughs> but but it's absolutely true, mm-hmm. the way that the Pike community came together and supported each other, supported the students, and absolutely supported us faculty and staff. Oh, yeah. I feel like was was all of them just Amazing. reflecting that non-sibby right back at us. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you want to tell me about? Um, something else sort of like non-sibby rooted is the way that Pike thinks about how groups of students interact with each other. There are opportunities for students to interact with different students in other divisions at various points of the year, which I think is crucial for a couple different reasons. Um, One example is at the very beginning of the year, we had community time, which is carved into the schedule for every single Pike student on Thursdays from 1.15 to 2. So what that looked like earlier in the year was we made sort of groups of lower school students, current middle school students, and then upper school students to work together for a scavenger hunt. And they went outside, they met their, in this in second grade's case, they met their fifth grade partners, their seventh grade partners. 
the seventh graders took charge. So they were given the scavenger hunt before the meeting had started, sort of visualized with their partners how the scavenger hunt was gonna go. And then adults were really there to just supervise and make sure that there were no emergency situations, that questions were answered. And it was one of the most beautiful afternoons at Pike. They were outside. Part of the scavenger hunt was going into nature and taking photos with one another. But it really was sort of a hands-off activity for adults, which I love that Pike thinks really fruitfully about how to empower our oldest students with opportunities to model what it's like to be a non sibi solon participant at Pike. And it was so beautiful because as a second grader who's sort of encroaching in what now is sort of the upper echelon of lower school, I think that there's a yearning to connect with other students who are older that can model what it looks like to be a Pike student, what it, to what it looks like to be non-Sippy Solon. So the fact that they were able to sort of connect in that way, even for a fun activity, even though they don't, I, I think, directly correlate this with non-Sippy Solon, it's all having an impact. Mm -hmm. The way that they're watching students carry their devices, the way that they're watching students interact with staff and faculty, they're really setting the ground rules for what it looks like to get older at Pike. And that's not something that I can teach. That's something that they have to have sort of direct experience watching with students. And it was it was just amazing. They were able to meet with these groups right before winter break again and carry on conversations, have relationships with those students. And that's, that's unlike anything that I've seen at, at other schools where there's a lasting impact between students in other divisions. And it's priceless, the, the skills that they're getting in those scenarios. And, and we're hoping to carry out for the rest of the year a couple more meetings with those students so that way they can continue to foster those relationships. But that in and of itself, just sort of turning the script and letting students lead the way in terms of what non-Sibi Solom looks like, it doesn't have to be sort of this grandeur experience. It could be something really simple as watch it, having a second grader watch an interaction between an upper school student and their teacher and just hearing the language that's used the, the respect between one another there's so many lessons that are happening congruently at that time and it, it was it's just it's amazing to see sort of how the upper schoolers because now what's going to be the graduating class next year will be my first class here at pike and it's amazing to see how far they've come. And, and I'm so proud of the people that they've grown to be. It's, it's really special. What are the ways that you would want to expand mm -hmm. Pike's non-Sibi focus? And then I guess my follow-up question to that will be, what are the needs? This is such a great question. I think immediately what comes to mind is, is professional development. It, in order to sort of maintain and continue to bring non-Sibi Solem to the forefront, um, a training would be amazing. And training can look like a lot of different things. It could be a family that has a connection with a nonprofit that they think would be a really good match for students to be working with. It could be knowledge about something going on in the community directly that we could be better involved in if they're looking for community outreach. Um, we, there's, we've been fortunate enough to have a couple different opportunities right here in Merrimack Valley to be able to collaborate with. And then moving forward, I think what I think about in non-Sibi Solom is as we kind of come off of the pandemic stage and we're transitioning back to what life is like, I worry sometimes and think about how to make sure that this idea of camaraderie it has fruitfulness 
both in emergencies and not in emergencies. But the bigger message shouldn't get lost. The bigger message is that we're doing this regardless of sort of time and space because this is what fosters a better world for everybody. Oh, what a good way to think about it. Well, Jess, thank you so much for spending time with me. This You're was so such welcome. a great conversation. It really filled my bucket. I'm so so thank you for filling my bucket. <laughs> Even adults' buckets need to get filled. Oh, them, so absolutely. I'm so glad. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for doing that interview, Elizabeth. I was really struck about how thoughtfully integrated the concept of not for oneself alone is into the ways classrooms are constructed and lessons are taught. Yes, they have a really holistic approach to helping our students understand their agency and really their power, their power to influence those around them and to do good, to be aware of themselves and others and to care for themselves. Yeah, and, and I think what's really exciting is that this is happening across the school uh, at every grade level and classroom. It, it really is. Pike faculty work very hard to make sure students are connecting with the idea of not for oneself alone every day. Cheers to that. Cheers to that indeed. And listeners, uh, if you enjoyed the parts of the interview with Jess that we just heard, please know that there's more. That's right. You can hear more of our conversation by going to our website, pikeschool.org slash onward, to listen in. Really, there's so much more that Jessica shared. She, she's really amazing. She really is indeed. She fills your bucket. Go Jess Howie. So Elizabeth, did we mention that this is the second season of Onward, our advancement podcast? We did. Uh, did we also mention that this is the year? Uh, the year for what? Uh, this is the year you and I win our daytime Emmy. <laughs> okay, Rod. I don't think they give out Emmys for podcasts. Well, they should. I will let them know, Rod. In the meantime, I'd like to tell our listeners that if they like what they heard, um, for instance, in the interview with Jessica, um, a great way to support that kind of work at Pike is through the Pike Fund. I cannot argue with that. Jess highlighted the power of professional development in helping our teachers intentionally embed non solum into their students' experience in the classroom and, of course, beyond. It's true, and the Pike Fund powers that in so many ways. Indeed, it does. And Rod, if one of our thousands of listeners would like to make a gift in support of Pike's teachers. Well, Elizabeth, I'd send them to pikeschool.org slash my gift. Easy peasy. Yes, it is. Uh, it's actually far easier than winning a daytime Emmy, I can assure you. Okay. I have no doubt you and your Emmys. <laughs> did, we, did we mention that this is season two? Yes, we did. Good. Uh, they say you have to repeat things like seven times before anyone actually hears you. I don't think that's actu actually true. I don't think that's accurate. Well, anyway, in episode two of season two, see what I did there, Elizabeth? I do. I see it. <laughs> uh, we'll continue to explore this theme of non-Sibby Solomon Pike. Indeed. 
First, we'll be talking to Colleen Shannon, one of our physical education teachers about the ways she's been giving back to colleagues in the field of adventure learning and bringing fresh insight into her own work here at Pike. Yeah, and we'll also sit down with Jenny Kravitz, Director of Equity and Justice here at Pike, who has given her time and expertise um, to helping our peer schools do better diversity and inclusion work. Um, both conversations will be fun and informative. Yes, they will. You know how I know that, Ron? Because um, we already recorded them. We're so efficient. So Elizabeth, we're back. We are. And I think this is a good time to mention our website again. Yeah, if listeners go to pikeschool.org slash onward, they can find the whole of your interview with Jessica Howie. They can indeed, but there's a lot more that's there right now as well. Yeah, that's right. We asked our librarian friend, Melon, to help us with our non-Sibi Solemn theme um, from a library perspective. And she created a great list of books that focus on stories about helping others, doing the right thing, doing good in the world. Yeah, and it's a, it's a pretty extensive list, and we're really appreciative of her curation of it. So if you are a grown-up looking for books that underscore not-for-oneself-alone ethos to share with some kiddos, or you're a student curious to expand your reading list, Fran has got you covered. This list is a great starting point. And you can find it at pikeschool.org onward. That is all the time we have for now. That's right, Elizabeth. We need to plan our outfits for the award ceremony. Oh, yes, our daytime Emmy Awards ceremony. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll see you all next time. Yep, see you soon.